I decided to call an audible this morning. Yesterday, if you tuned into The Last Dan, I teased a review on the Victor Wimbanyama article that Sports Illustrated wrote. Eh, we'll talk about it tonight on Ring Culture. So I'll talk instead about Kodak Black and his latest issue with Drake. This is your man, Dan. This is The Last Dan. I hope everybody's blessed out there. I'm in lovely Northern Virginia, Dumfries to be exact, and the high today is 80 degrees in the middle of the winter. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> Shout out global warming. Anywho, Drake has a new rival, and it seems to be young Kodak. Kodak and Drake, they were kicking it last year. It seemed like Kodak was being courted by Drake because Kodak was about to become a free agent and leave Atlantic Records. Drake owns the record label. Makes sense that you would want to sign a talented young artist like Kodak, right? Or at least work with them. And they've never officially put out music together, but they've worked on material supposedly behind the scenes. Drake has shown his admiration for Kodak in the past, even when Kodak first blow was first blowing up, like 2015, 2016 or whatever. There's footage of Drake listening to, like, Skr Skr on a plane and all that. So, they obviously respect each other's artistry. And it seemed like they were gearing up to put out new music together. But, on February 21st, Tuesday, Kodak went on IG Live and said, never mind. <laughs> and this is his quote. I had told Drake I ain't want to do no collab, actually. No songs or no album, because we supposed to Ben did a whole album together before him and Little Buddy did that shit. Little Buddy being 21 Savage. Back to the Kodak quote. I had told him I wanted to wait, like 2023 after February, end quote. So it looks like Kodak got his feelings hurt by Drake making a collab album with 21 Savage. It's funny because Noriega was telling people that Future had problems with uh, 21 Savage and Drake's collab album because Future and Drake, you know, they've made a collab album before. They got a lot of successful songs together. They tease What a Time to Be Alive 2, Never Happened. And he pops out with uh, Drake and 21 doing the album, so they... The theory was that Future got his feelings hurt, but it looks like it's young Kodak instead. And from Kodak's perspective, I guess how you could be offended by that, especially when you feel like you're a better artist than 21 Savage. And if y'all remember, they had a little tiff back and forth about who would beat who in the verses. Personally, I think young Kodak would get 21 out of there. But hey, 21 has hits too. It would be interesting. Kodak said, hey, man, we could reach out to Versus and get it popping, but of course it'll never happen. But if I'm Kodak, would I refuse to make music with Drake because he made a project with 21 Savage? No, <laughs> that's not good business. You can't get mad at someone because they made a project with another person, especially when the beef doesn't seem to be serious. No one lost their life over this. It's just... Two artists who think that one is better than the other. There's nothing wrong with that. So I don't think that uh, Kodak should be 
as sensitive as he is to say, hey, I don't want to work with Drake anymore because he worked with 21 Savage. You got to be a businessman, Kodak. You got to think about the bigger picture. You're a talented young man, but you've had a lot of miscues in your career, dealing with your legal issues and dealing with your album, the way you try to construct albums because you have a lot of hit singles, but you don't have like an album that's dominated the charts or you've never had like a crazy first week in sales, but you have a lot of hit records. You've influenced a lot of artists, even up to the boss ladies like Cardi B. So you're a talented artist. You're innovative, even with your style, your flow. I hear a lot of kids rapping like you now. Is it a Florida thing or is it a Kodak thing? I don't know. But it's to me, it sounds like a Kodak thing because I'm an outsider from Virginia. But I think Kodak, he's made a lot of interesting decisions in his career that, hmm, I wonder if maybe he should have went another route. I'll give you one for example. As I mentioned earlier, Kodak was about to be a free agent from Atlantic Records. And if I was Drake, I would want to sign Kodak Black because OVO, you got a label, but you've never signed an established artist with a built-in fan base and a pedigree of a Kodak. I thought that would have been perfect. Get that Drake stamp of approval with Kodak's talent, and you can catapult that young man to superstardom. Instead, Kodak decided to join Motown. NBA Youngboy was also on Atlantic and decided to go to Universal Motown. I thought NBA Youngboy was going to make that move and continue that cash money dynasty because y'all know he did that collab album with Birdman, but it didn't work out. Both gentlemen decided to go to Universal Motown, and we'll see how that works. We see NBA Young Boys outside. He's vocal, doing interviews with Billboard, Rap Radar. Anybody that'll talk to him, he'll talk to you. So it looks like he's trying to take that next step into superstardom, and he's also fighting for his freedom. Kodak, for now, seems to be done with all his legal issues. Hopefully, he never goes to jail again. But I think if he signed OVO, that would have been the right move. But instead, it seemed like he wanted to compare himself to NBA Youngboy. And because I remember he was like, oh, NBA Youngboy's rumored to get this much, then surely I should get this much. Instead of making the right decision for himself, it seemed like he tried to copy Youngboy. We'll see how it works out. Now, they also had a little issue that was made up by fans because, you know, NBA Youngboy fans like to say Youngboy better than everybody. But it got me to thinking because of that uh, Kodak and Drake situation, what were great like free agent signings in rap? And when I say free agent signings, I'm thinking about, you know, established artists that eventually went to join another label, most likely backed by an artist, because, you know, it's not as interesting as, oh, one artist goes like, for example, Snoop Dogg joining uh, Geffen Records, but... For example, the first, I think, superstar signing or, tra you know, transfer, free agent signing, you can say, is Tupac to Death Row. That was obviously successful, even though it didn't even last one calendar year, as crazy as it sounds. Another successful one, Cameron and Dipset, the Rockefeller. That also didn't last long because 
you know, the label broke up. Dame, you know, Jay, Biggs, it was over. Scarface the Def Jam, I think, is an underrated free agent signing because he made The Fix, and that's my favorite Scarface album. I don't think he would have made that album with that type of production if it was on rap a lot. I think that's an underrated signing, even though, you know, Def Jam isn't really ran by a rapper, quote-unquote, but, you know, that's the that's the home of hip-hop historically. Um, Snoop Dogg, The No Limit, that was big. Common to Good Music. That's a special one. Common was looked at like he's dead after he did Electric Circus. And hey, he went back with Kanye, made B, Finding Forever, and established himself as one of the greats. Um, the Locks, The Rough Riders, big one. Pusha T to good music. You know, the clips broke up, Push needed a new home, and he became a legendary artist in his own right with Kanye. Um... Busta Rhymes to Aftermath was interesting because The Big Bang, that album was good, man. That album was good. Check it out. And that was at the time when a lot of people were going to Aftermath and nothing would happen with it. But Busta came through and made a dope album. An example of it, people signed to Aftermath and nothing happening, Rakim Allah. It was interesting. You would think, wow, Dr. Dre, the greatest producer in hip-hop history, Combining with Rakim, the greatest lyricist in hip-hop history, has to be a masterpiece. But creative differences. We never got anything out of it, really. Um, I wish other signings that I wish worked out was Q-Tip and Most Death, now known as Yassine Bey, signing the good music. At that time, I thought Kanye was, he was reminding me of like Prince. Because when Prince started his record label Paisley Park, he felt like legacy acts and legendary artists needed a home after the mainstream was through with them. So he was signing people like George Clinton and um, Larry Graham and Shaka Khan and all these people. And that was dope. Obviously, it didn't work out for whatever reason. But, you know, I wish that still could have racked, still could have worked out because I think legendary artists do need a home. And same thing, Mob Deep, the G-Unit. I wish it worked, but nah. And yeah, I think, was there a time, y'all can let me know, BG and Daz, didn't they sign the T.I.'s label? I don't know what happened with that. But yeah, that didn't work out. But Kodak, do your thing, man. Don't beef with Drake. <laughs> He's the sixth god. Jay Prince is his friend. You see how these boys are moving. Don't start beef for no reason. Work with Drake. Move on with your career. Elevating your career. We saw how Kodak was used on Kendrick's last album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, how he was like a narrator, and he featured on one of the best songs. Everybody at the high level respects Kodak. We see Future, they've made dope collabs. Uh, I'm sure Cole, all these guys respect him. We know Meek, Ross, all the street rappers love him. He's one of the illest, so hey man, don't let a little petty beef Push back a blessing, Kodak. Work with Drake. And this is your man, Dan. I'm going to holler at y'all later. Stay blessed.